How many brought your Bible today? Amen. Amen. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's go ahead and pray this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so thankful for this time we have together to study your holy written word. We value and treasure all that you say, all that you speak to us. And Lord, we just set our hearts now to receive of you. We fix our gaze and our attention on what matters most. We believe that we receive revelation knowledge, the eyes of our understanding enlightened, that we may know your will and your ways and walk closely with you all of our days. Thank you for your presence and grace upon us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, Likewise, you younger people, who's that? <laughs> Submit yourselves to your elders. Who's that? <laughs> How many of you didn't you didn't identify with a younger p- person because you didn't want to submit to everybody else? <laughs> yes, all of you. Who's that? I, I like this kind of verse. I know I'm talking to everybody here. All of you be submissive to one another. And be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. This is good reason for me to see that I should clothe clothe myself with humility. Simply because if I don't know anything else... This verse contains a lot of motivation. God resists the proud. I don't want to be resisted by God. And the other side is just as powerful from the positive. He gives grace to the humble. That means he enables, he empowers, he lifts the humble to a higher place. Do we realize and recognize today that it's God's plan? It's in, it's, it is his express will for your life that you go higher, that you be promoted, that you be exalted or lifted up in life. God is not trying to drive us down. He is endeavoring to lift us up. Amen. How many are in for a promotion in life? Come on now. That's the will of God. It's the will of the Lord that you be exalted. But all of this is hinging upon the attitude of our hearts. It is the mindset that we have, the condition that we live in must be one of humility. If it is, if we are clothed with humility, then God is able to add grace. That's His ability working in us. And sometimes that works like this. We just become more skilled. We become better at what we do because it's His ability working in us. But He wants to get that operating in us to take us up. Okay. Do you recognize here that, that pride is a great barrier to your walk with God? Pride is a great hindrance, whereas humility is an open invitation to say, Lord, bring it on. Humility allows God to work fully and completely through us without hindrance. And so that's why we began this series last week called Humility. Subnote is, of course, descending higher. There is a way that God wants to take us up, and it is by us taking ourselves down. 
we, we, we began to explain and define the two things of pride and humility. And with all those definitions, if I could sum, sum them up like this, think of it this way. Pr- uh, pride basically means high, and humility basically means low. Whenever we read how we are to not operate in pride for various reasons, like being resisted or just the fact that God hates it, okay, that is operating on a high level. And I know this can be confusing, but hold your seat. Uh, as well as a humble person is a lowly person. I know that doesn't sound attractive, but hold on. <laughs> a humble person is a low person. A proud person is someone who has a high mind. In fact, let's go over to 1 Timothy. Just take a left turn from where you're at. 1 Timothy chapter 6. The Lord wants us to be exalted, but it is His way, and that is by a voluntary lowering of ourselves. If I lift myself, I'm going to end up going down. But if I will lower myself, I'll end up going up. Amen. I don't want to be lowered by outside forces, but I want to voluntarily lower myself myself in my own mind and in accordance with what is accurate and what is true. 1 Timothy chapter 6, everybody there? Let's read verse 17. It says, command those who are rich in this present age to get rid of their money because it's evil. Right? (laughs) Is that what he said? (laughs) No. The Lord didn't say get rid of your riches. He didn't say the money was evil. But look what he did, did deal with. He said, he, he said, command them not to be haughty. Or as one translation says, high-minded. Command them not to be high-minded, haughty, full of themselves. Command them not to be proud. Nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Do you see, a, a, a proud person puts their trust in themselves, in what their, in this case, sometimes what their money can do for them. All right? A humble person, on the contrary, will put their trust in God. And they'll trust Him for he, His ability to take them through. But again, we see this, this, this language used of haughtiness or high-mindedness as something that we should Uh, completely resist and avoid in our lives, all right? Let me read to you Romans chapter 12, verse 16. Listen now. It says, Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. See, there is something in our flesh that gravitates towards thinking of ourselves too highly making more of ourselves than we ought to make. And we've got to keep that in check. We've got to keep that subdued so that we can live a life clothed with humility. But you can see this verse, he's not really saying that you you and I should never occupy a high place in life, that we should never be 
um, in a high position of authority or influence or be recognized in this world. If that were the case, if that's what he were saying, he would not have to exhort us uh, to associate with the humble because that would be everyone we know. (laughs) Obviously, he's talking about the potential of someone being in a position that is high, right? And saying, don't let it go to your head, man. Don't think you're better than everybody else. Don't think you're so smart and don't be wise in your own opinion. All right, he's exhorting us to be humble. Now, now, now look at Matthew 11. Matthew 11. One of the ways that I think is sound biblical interpretation to understanding many concepts and biblical principles and truths is always to look at the life of Jesus and see how he conducted himself. If Jesus acted a certain way, we can say, yeah, um, I mean, not only am I following a verse or something that God said, but I see it in him. It's the way Jesus did it, okay? And when it comes to this issue of resisting pride and walking in humility, how many know what the perfect example is? It is Jesus. But look at these words. You know, before you just attach your name to it, understand what it says here. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Everybody say, learn from me. Well, why should we learn from him? For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Notice what Jesus said about himself. He said, I am gentle and lowly. Again, lowly? Do I want to be lowly? That doesn't sound like a real positive thing. (laughs) But that's how Jesus was. He said, learn from me. This is the way I am. Gentle and lowly. Now, let's, let's think about the life of Jesus for a moment. Without an understanding of Bible verses like this and and understanding this concept, that wouldn't be my first description, probably because naturally I don't think of lowly in the correct light, because that almost sounds like weak. It almost sounds like a negative thing. But how many think Jesus was weak? How many think he was just kind of a little bit wimpy? Not for a moment. And I'm not just talking naturally. I mean, that really doesn't matter, him being a carpenter and stuff. I don't think physically he was probably a weakling. But that's not really the main issue. You look at his life. He was not some kind of, uh, like I said, a weakling or something like that. Jesus was very bold, very strong, and at the same time very humble. He was lowly. But he would speak up against those who were the religious rulers of his day. He got in their face and called them hypocrites. I mean, you know, sometimes people, they just really back away from confrontation. Jesus dealt with it when he needed to. I mean, that wasn't an easy thing. I'm a preacher, I know. Uh, Sometimes I read some of the things that Jesus did, and I think, yeah, that's kind of a tough message to put together. (laughs) Don't know if I really want to do that. I mean, look people in the eye and just let them have it. But he did that at times. He was a very strong person, right? He was very bold, very confident. You look at how he dealt with temptation. 
And how, remember the time when he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights? I mean, that takes a little bit of strength, right? In the middle of it, he was, temp- he was tempted by the devil and resisted. Come on, he resisted every temptation. That's strength. Came out in the power of the Spirit. Guy operated in miracles, raising the dead and bringing life to people. Some powerful stuff. Even his natural life, though. You think about his commitment to do the will of God. It was no... Uh, he was no wimp to accomplish those things you know he wasn't just kicking back with a life of ease going from five-star to five-star hotel on his traveling journeys nothing wrong with that if a person can do that but I'm just saying the the circumstances of their day man he was walking and it was dirty and it was hot and he's preaching to multitudes and laying hands on the sick for hours and just trying to get away for a break at times. Then he'd pray all night long. I'm telling you, Jesus was a very strong person. He was a very strong, bold, confident individual. And yet here's what the description of him is. He's meek. He's humble. He's lowly. He's gentle. All right. Can those things those two things exist at the same time absolutely that's the only way they can really a proud person is a weak person a proud person is sometimes sometimes loud and just trying to put up a big puff of smoke for for who they really are they're trying to present an image of something that's not true they want everyone to think of themselves more highly than what's really there okay jesus was the opposite of that and uh and we should recognize, see, there's a big, big, big difference in pride and humility. They're not really close. They're really far apart. It's, it's difference of night and day. And, and in our culture, people have misunderstood this whole pride issue. And uh, many times people wear it as a badge of honor. I mean, it's like they're proud of their pride. They make state, makes people make statements like, well, you know, if we don't have anything else, at least we have our pride. Might want to lose that too. You know, or, you know, we're poor, but we're proud. How I many know they need double deliverance? Yeah, and, and by the way, the pride might be the reason you're poor. Because what happens? We got the word on it. You get resisted. The proud get resisted, but the humble get graced. They get God's ability to lift them out of the pit. Come on. But we've got to have a biblical and accurate understanding of these issues so we can know what to accept and know what to resist and reject. Let's go over to uh, Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. See, we look at Jesus, and we'll come back to him in a minute. But there was another guy who is the epitome of pride and arrogancy. He used to be known as Lucifer, but he got the boot. He used to be in a high place, and now he's in a low place. And he's still going down. Yeah. One of these days, a big chain's going to go around him. He gets cast in a pit for a thousand years. When things are all wrapped up, how many understand? It's called the lake of fire. Lakefront property. 
fire, and he's gone. But what was the beginning of his demise? What was the start of his downfall? It was pride. It was the opposite of God. The opposite of God's character, which is reality, which is humility. He got into pride and self-deception. And let's read here what, what, what happened. Verse 12, Isaiah 14. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How are you what? Fallen. Fallen. How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? For you have said in your hearts. Now listen, this is, this is, how, this is one of the ways that a proud person talks. This is one of the ways that a person getting ready to fall talks. He said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Notice that language. It's all about me. It's all about what I'm going to do. It's all about my position. Look at me. Look at what I can do. And that's the way that Satan, that's the way that Lucifer spoke. You see, he had been around God. He knew that God would speak things into existence. That God spoke and, and, and planets came into being. That God spoke and things happened. He still works that way today. In fact, we work that way as his children. Jesus said, if you believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth, you get it. Yeah, it's a principle of the kingdom. Satan knew that, so he started declaring something. The only problem was his was coming out of a wrong heart. His was coming out of a, a, a sense of, of pride, and he was trying to promote self instead of acknowledge and promote God. And his words came smack up against the words of God. And guess who won? And that's what the next verse says. Verse 15, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, or hell, to the lowest depths of the pit. There is a way where we can go higher and it's in the plan of God and it's called being clothed with humility and there's a way where we can exalt and promote ourselves and the end result does not look pretty it's where people go down understand that to be proud is to act like the devil whereas to be humble to be a clothed with humility is to act like Jesus and Satan has sown his seeds of pride into the human race. And if we don't get a check on it, it creeps up all the time. You know, in recent years, I would say, you know, recent decades, the teaching of evolution has become very prominent in public arenas and public schools and these kind of things. And that teaching is really based in the foundation of pride. It's not about, I was created God made me. He sustains me. My life was upheld by Him. No, it's about what I did. It's about what man did. What man decided to do and, and, and how, we, how we made ourselves better. You know, from a, the goo and then swimming, we decided to swim. Later we decided to walk, climb a tree, grow a tail. Uh, later we decided to lose it and put a suit on. And we have evolved. We have made something of ourselves. We have something to be proud of. We did it. 
and we're still evolving. And listen, the roots of that is pride. We get credit. We didn't need anybody else. I, I didn't need God in any of that. I'm a self-made man. I've accomplished something great. I don't at the end of the day say, thank you. I say, I did good. And it's the root, the root cause of many lives going down. It is the issue of pride. The truth is, we are dependent on Him. That's accurate. The truth is, we were created by Him. We are sustained by Him. He keeps our lives going every day. And again, talking about humility and understanding it correctly, humility uh, basically sees things clearly. The humble person sees truth. They see themselves accurately, whereas the proud person believes a lie. The proud person is deceived. See, it's not wrong to, to acknowledge or say good things about yourself if they're true. But when a person enters into pride is when they go beyond what's true. And they start believing things about themselves that are, that are false. That's when pride and deception has, has set in. Uh, again, the humble person sees themselves accurately. Don't try to be humble. Many people falter in trying to be humble. You know, someone gives you a compliment. Someone praises you for something that you've accomplished. And you think... Yeah, that's true, but uh, I don't want to be proud. So you decide to say, oh, no, oh, no, that's not true. That's not really me. How many know that's a proud person? See, it's not wrong to acknowledge things that are true. It's wrong and it's proudful when we start believing things that are not true. Everybody with me on that? Okay. Okay. True humility does not deny the praise you think you really deserve. I think in my heart, oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. But I better not say that. On the inside, I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. You are so smart. But on the outside, I'm saying, oh, no, oh, no. See, that's, that's pride with a fake humility on it. A fake mask of humility. Again, uh, it's not pride to say things that are about yourself that are true. It's not necessarily arrogant to acknowledge good things. That would be right. That would be correct to acknowledge good things. Paul talked about how he magnified his ministry, magnified his office and his gift. Well, why? Well, that was true. He recognized that he had something from God, and for him to shine the light on it and say, yay, this is good, that's okay. And that was uh, actually being a humble person. Now, let's go back to Jesus. Go, go to John chapter 7. John 7. This really can be revealed in us by, by asking the question of who gets the credit. Who gets the credit for the things that you do, the things that you do well? 
Who, another way to say that is who gets the glory? Who gets the glory for the accomplishments in your life? And too often, people don't realize, they think, well, this proud stuff, that's not really me. Well, here's one way to check. This is one area. Who gets the credit for what you do? When, you, when people give you the credit, do you accept it? Do you walk away thinking, yep, I did it. And the question is, is that true? Because what we want to get at, what we want to see is the truth about us so we can give credit to whom credit's due. If I did it, I should be praised. I should be acknowledged, right? But if it wasn't me, if I couldn't have done it, then I need to direct the credit to where it goes. You see, the proud person takes credit for things they shouldn't take credit for. In John 7, reading in verse 15, it says, And the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never studied? They're talking about Jesus. How, did this man, how does this man know letters, having never studied? They were watching Jesus and thought, Where does he get this stuff? He didn't go to our school. He's not accredited with our organization. He's not one of us. How does he know all this stuff? Because they were blown away by his understanding and knowledge and revelation. They thought, where did he get this? Having not known letters, having not studied through their proper channels. What's interesting is how Jesus responds to this. Because you know what the flesh does? The flesh wants to immediately take credit. Say, well, you want to know how I did this? Let me tell you. You think I don't study? I do study. I study a lot more than you know. You think, well, you're wondering how I know so much? Happens to be I'm pretty smart. (laughs) I'm dedicated. I'm disciplined. You know, when you guys were kids playing on the playground and playing sports, I was reading my Bible and praying. Is this what Jesus said? He said, all these years, you didn't know where I was, but I was praying, I was studying, I was working, I was disciplined. That's why I can talk like this now. What Jesus said here is accurate. Does it mean that he didn't study? No. Does it mean he didn't pray? No. We have examples of him praying all night long. Does it mean that he wasn't dedicated and disciplined and committed and all these things? No. But what he said was true. Remember, humility humility deals with truth. And what the Lord said here, he said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. Notice that he deflects. How do you know this? He had a perfect, perfect opportunity to say, it's because of what I've done. It's, and, and he could have credited himself with his ability to understand and know. And he, had, he deflected it and said, it's the Father. Everything I have, I got from him. The Father gave it to me. It's his doctrine. It's his understanding. He gave it to me. Jesus was gentle and lowly. 
he was humble. He did this throughout his life, throughout his ministry, with all the miracles, all the great things that happened. If you read through the book of John, you see this type of language again and again. Jesus never took credit for all the great things that happened through him. He repeatedly and continually pointed back to the Father. He said, it's the Father in me, he does the works. I can't do anything except what I see my Father do, what I hear him say. I get it from him. And yet too often, we want to take credit. Well, I did. I studied hard. I was disciplined. I sacrificed. I paid the price. You know, I really paid the price for this. People take credit for their prayers being answered or good things happening and God moving. Bless God, we prayed. To who? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If someone had to answer that prayer. Well, we believed God. Well, you know, not to take anything away from believing God, but where'd you get that faith? I think you got it from hearing his word. <laughs> I think it all originated with him. And it comes back to this, that we are completely and totally dependent on him. And if good things happen in my life, I need to recognize who gets the credit for it. I know this bugs people because you're thinking, man, I don't get anything. Listen, God rewards. There are rewards. There are rewards here and now and rewards in heaven forever. But we must understand that he gets the glory for anything good that happens in your life. Say, but no, I went to school and it cost me time and money and I studied late and, and I certainly made something of myself. Without the grace of God, you wouldn't have been able to study. You wouldn't have had the discipline to do it. Man, I go to the gym and I work out, and, uh, you know, and I, I've gotten my body in peak condition because while other people are sleeping in, bless God, I'm at the gym. I'm doing stuff. I'm paying the price. You can take credit. At the end of the day, you'll feel proud instead of thankful. But if we acknowledge and recognize truth, I don't have anything except it came from him. He gave me the ability to have that discipline, to get up and do these things and take care of myself. Amen. This is truth. This is accurate. This sets us up for God's grace to come in greater degrees and greater measures. If we stop taking credit for everything. Again, who do we want to act like? Satan said, I'm going to do this. This is me. This is my plan. This is what I'm doing. Jesus said, it's the Father. And he wasn't thinking, it's me, but I'm just going to point to the Father. No, he was genuinely humble. Which means he genuinely saw things the way they really are. He said, it is the Father that is working in me. That helps people to see this biblical truth that Jesus walked as a man and not as God. He was God and man, but he operated as man. Meaning what? He was dependent on the Father during his, during his earthly ministry. Let's look at Acts chapter 12. Let me show you a couple more things here. Acts chapter 12. Whatever it is in your life, it's money, it's your position, it's your prayer, your faith, your knowledge. Don't take credit for it. I'm encouraging you. Don't take credit for it. Give God the glory. 
Give him the thanks and the praise. Say, well, I just had the smarts. I knew when to buy and I knew when to sell. I knew when to enter this area and I knew when to get out because I've got street smarts. You know, I've been around the block and I've, again, it's all about I, I, I. I've done this and I've done this. Watch out because you're going to lose it all because that's the way that you go down. Understand, God's graciousness and kindness toward you enabled your mind to be able to recognize certain trends if you are, quote, good at business or making money or something like that. It's by the grace of God. And acknowledging that, what happens? His grace will allow you to see more. His grace will allow you to be better at this in the future. But really... It's you being better at it, but it's God being better at it in you. And we come out at the end of the day higher saying, thank you, Lord. Oh, you're so good to me. Acts 12, verse 21 says, So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. Now, get the picture here. This is the king. This is Herod. He's sitting on the throne. He's got his, his royal apparel on. He's got the duds on. He is looking like the man. He has got the crown. He's got the throne. He's got the clothes. He looks like the most important person around, doesn't he? He looks like he's it. Is that dangerous? Verse 22, and the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not a man. How many know what you're supposed to do if that happens? You take the robe off, you take the crown off, you get off the throne, you get down on the level with everyone else and say, no, that is not right. That is not correct. I am zero without him. I can do none of this without him. God has blessed me with a position of influence and be able to speak, but he is to be glorified. I am not, I am not God. I am a man just like everyone else. He could have saved his life if he'd have, if he'd have acknowledged truth. But look what happened. Verse 23, Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty serious, huh? Now, many of you, who you, you know the New Testament. This is not even a normal way that things worked. You don't see this kind of stuff a lot. But it seems in this case, uh, he was given great influence. He had great authority. He was able to influence a lot of people. And judgment was expedited in his case. I mean, we all have judgment coming, right? Stand before the judgment seat of Christ as believers. And unbelievers stand before the great white throne. But his came, came got moved up. Because his position was causing too much problem, too many problems. And what was it? He wasn't giving glory to God. Scripture says that God will not share his glory with another. Things went down for him really fast. I want to avoid anything that even resembles that. That doesn't mean you can't take a a compliment. You know, someone says you did a good job or way to go on this, that we just say, oh, no, no, no. No, I mean, be gracious, say thank you, and and thank you, Lord. and, And understand this, you always walk away from things like that, though, knowing. You don't have to be unrelational about it but you know in your mind it was the Lord anything good that came out of my life anything good that came out of me it's because God graced me he enabled me 
Don't think just because you've been um, good at something your whole life that it's just inherently you. People are born with abilities that come from God. It's called God's grace in different areas. And if you see someone else that can't do something that you do well, that should be a big indicator that this does not just originate with you. It's God's grace on you that enables you to easily do what some others struggle with. How do you keep it? How do you grow in it? It's called saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's all because of you. Your loving kindness and your grace and mercy toward me. I want to finish today with four things that are true about you, true about me. When I was preparing for ministry in Bible school, I was given these things, and they've, uh, they've been helpful to me over the years. Not that I haven't ever yielded to pride, but they've been helpful to me to be reminded of these basic principles. And this is not shouting ground, so just... Uh, <laughs> Write these things down, and as God blesses you and increases you and takes you up, it's good to be reminded of things like this. See, we're taught, and I teach, and we taught recently even about who we are in Christ and what we have in Him and all uh, the blessings of being in the position of in Christ. Uh, oh, that's tremendous. We should meditate on that, and that's just really good stuff. But this is the opposite of that, okay? This is not who you are in Christ, but it's who you are in you. And actually, we have Bible verses that help us to see this. Everybody ready for it? Number one. Number one. We'll just, you just write down the references as well. Number one is, in you, you are nothing. You are, and I include me in this, of course, you are nothing. Galatians 6 and verse 3 says, For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Notice deceit there, that has to do with pride, right? Believing wrong. So number one, you are nothing. Number two, number two, you know nothing. In yourself now, outside of Christ, in you, you know nothing. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 2 says, And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. Say, someone says, well, that's not true. I have the mind of Christ. Of The mind of who? The mind of Anytime we add Christ onto this, our status goes way up. <laughs> thank you. Thank God for it. But we must recognize and acknowledge this. Okay. So number one, you are nothing. Number two, you know nothing. Here's number three. Ready? Anyone getting excited now? <laughs> number three, you have nothing. You have nothing. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7 says, For who makes you, you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it. See, when we think it's inherently mine, I made this, I earned this, it's, uh, we think along those lines, it causes us to boast. It causes us to be proud of our accomplishments. But if we recognize that everything we have was given to us, say, no, I'm a self-made man, I earned this. 
you did it by God's grace. You would not have known what to do. You would not have had the ability, the discipline, anything that was necessary in your part. Again, God will reward you for being faithful, for being diligent, for for being obedient to Him. But we must, again, think about it. Are we acting like Satan or Jesus? Jesus could have easily said that. He said, man, yeah, I've done this, but he wouldn't. He said, it's the Father's. He speaks to me. He deals with me. He gives me stuff. If anyone could possibly take credit, it would be Jesus. But he didn't do it. Let's be like him. Number four. Number four. In you, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's right. Through Christ who strengthens you. But if you take Christ out of the picture, the Bible says nothing. Here's, here's John 15, 5. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me uh, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. 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 You are nothing, you know nothing, you have nothing, you can do nothing. You're dismissed. No. (laughs) Man, I am built up today at church. Wow. (laughs) But here's the deal. That acknowledgement, the acknowledgement of reality, the acknowledgement of truth sets us up, positions us for God to take us higher. And we stop being proud about all of our stuff and all of our abilities and our knowledge and everything and just start saying thanks. Start being grateful. Start being God-honoring and giving Him glory and praise and thanks for every good thing in your life. Can you do something? Give Him thanks for it and watch it increase. Take credit for it yourself. Boast of your own accomplishments and watch yourself decrease. That's the way of the kingdom. That's the way of life. Amen. God wants to lift us. He wants to take us higher. He wants to exalt. But the way that we deal with this, again, is we clothe ourselves with humility. Help me, Lord, to see things accurately and clearly the way things really are. May we not be deceived in pride. May we not start taking credit for things that don't belong to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, today we're so thankful, so grateful for what you've done in us, for what you've accomplished in us, and what you shall do in the days, weeks, months, years to come. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand, acknowledging you in all of our ways we do. The blessings, the favor, the ability that you have working through us and working in us. Help each and every one of us to see these things clearly and accurately today. Lord, we thank you that you're lifting us higher. We thank you that your grace is sufficient. We give you all the praise and glory for working in us now, for working in our lives today. You're doing a work in us. Everybody say it out loud. Lord, it's you. Every good thing in my life comes from you. What I know and understand, what I can do 
it all comes from you. Everything I have comes from you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, it's your grace. It's your kindness toward us. We are completely and fully dependent on you today. Your life, your forgiveness, your ability working through us. Thank you for this, Lord. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise.